The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away, I wonder this time where she's gone. I wonder if she's gone to stay. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and this house. Just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, 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 Just yesterday, Bill Withers passing away at the age of 81. And that track, of course, Ain't No Sunshine. Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore, and this edition is devoted to Bill Withers and his life and career. It is Saturday, April the 4th, 2020. And, of course, this day is another day in the commemoration anniversary, if you will, of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is the fateful day back in 1968 that... Dr. King was taken from us. He had been helping poor people in the garbage workers strike down in Memphis, Tennessee. The Poor People's March. Helping out the Poor People's March and helping with the organizing down there, the Poor People's Campaign. And his life was suddenly taken in a cowardly evil act. So I do want to acknowledge uh, that this is a sad day because once again we commemorate the untimely ending of a very, very dynamic and brilliant life, a brilliant human being in terms of everything that he did to help people. Somebody who was a legendary, transcendent figure, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
And, you know, I still try to come to grips with the fact that he is no longer here, you know, because he, he listened back to what he said, read what he wrote, and study the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You see somebody who, again, was a transcendent revolutionary figure. He was a revolutionary. Don't let anybody fool you about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And sadly, 52 years ago today, on this day, he was taken from us. And sadly, just a few days ago, we lost Bill Withers. Bill Withers, whose passing was announced yesterday, Friday, April the 3rd, was someone who kind of bumped into music, but not necessarily by accident, just it was a matter of going through life first before he went to music, and he always had talents. Born in Slab Fork, West Virginia, he was the epitome of blue collar, the guy with his lunch pail, he had several jobs. He was a plumber, I think, at one point. He became a milkman later on. He called himself Santa Clara's first black milkman. In Santa Clara County in California here. Bill Withers was in the Navy, actually, for about nine or ten years. And he was in his 20s, and he was in the Navy, and he had a horrible stutter. And it was something that marked his early years and even into his later years, although he um, was much less pronounced in his stutter, it was, it was there at times for him. So Bill Withers was an everyman. He was not just a legend, of course, and I think that term gets used a lot, and I've used it a lot. But Bill Withers was the kind of person who swatted fame away and could actually have been a whole lot more prosperous, but he was prosperous of heart. Bill Withers was somebody who had a rich heart. And his career in music, in the spotlight of music and in the music industry, lasted roughly 15 years. A very short career. So he definitely was not rich in his bank account, but his bank account was not the focus for him, really, or for anybody around him and his family. They weren't worried about that. They had somebody who was rich at heart. And that is very important because, of course, Today, that's not necessarily true of everybody in the spotlight. In fact, Bill Withers didn't necessarily really want the spotlight. And Bill Withers walked away from the spotlight at a time where he could have made millions and millions more dollars. But the thing about Bill Withers was his integrity. And what stood out to me about Bill Withers was that his willingness to be his own manager, to refuse having any manager represent him. He literally took up his songs and went, 
picked up his songs and went, was able to secure strong rights over his songs, copyright, and all of that kind of thing, which is so important, where so many musicians don't do that or don't understand or don't realize. And we see musicians who have passed away whose royalties, they don't, their estates don't even get anymore, or at least only get a little bit of what they should be getting, not as much. But Bill Withers, like Aretha Franklin, was not one of those individuals. They made sure that the money came due to them and that nobody was going to be infringing upon their copyrights of their songs. So Bill Withers, from a very early time, you know, he sat in with a band while he was in the Navy back in the day, and, you know, he actually was self-taught. Bill Withers was somebody who taught himself to play guitar. And then one of the things I think that gets overlooked about Bill Withers is not just his ability as a singer, but he was a blooming excellent songwriter. He was one of the greatest songwriters that ever lived. Bill Withers had this skill of writing and writing some excellent tunes, as we know very well. Ain't no sunshine, ain't no sun, I can't even talk. But as we know very well, Ain't No Sunshine is a great example. And of course, there are others. I'm going to play a little bit of one of them in just a moment. But there are other great songs that Bill Withers had written that were just incredible. Grandma's Hands, Just the Two of Us. I mean, there's so many more, and I'm going to play parts of a couple of them in just a few minutes. But Bill Withers was someone who was self-taught. Then he decided after quitting the Navy to try to get full-time into music. You know, he was somebody who worked at the factory and he was writing songs while he was there and in between shifts. I mean, this was in the 1960s. Then he recorded a demo and shopped it around and then there was a music executive, Clarence Avant, known as the Black Godfather. There's a documentary on Clarence that was done last year, 2019. And it was on Netflix. It may still be on Netflix. It's called The Black Godfather. It's all about Clarence Avant. And that is the very man who Bill Withers literally walked into in a meeting, actually. Well, he had a meeting with him. And hey, presto, the deal was done. And the rest was history. And he had a really good relationship with Avant and the Sussex record label. This guy had so much ability and skill and talent. And he just was looking to release it into the world. And it was Clarence Avant that really got him started. And away he went. 
So Bill Withers was somebody who was a figure of great integrity and great soul and really great sensitivity and precision about what he wanted and what he wanted to do. And he just needed to have that one or two people who would get him to that place where he could share his skill and his talents and his ability to write some really great lyrics and be a fine musician. And that's what he was. He was a tremendous musician. I think that Bill Withers, because of his stuttering issues that he had earlier on in his life, at least that were very pronounced at the time, he had a low confidence in himself and to some degree a low self-esteem. And that would be understandable because, of course, if you had a speech impediment, especially at an earlier age, it would make you especially self-conscious and therefore a subject of ridicule and cruelty from kids, of course, and from adults for that matter. So naturally, as you would expect, Bill Withers' self-esteem perhaps was not the best, but confidence was still there as far as his skill as a musician was concerned and he can he was self-taught and he was able to through his own sense of survival and his mission to move forward in life perpetually move forward and make things happen he got to where he got to through persistence through his skills as a musician and there are so many people who aren't as fortunate. And some might say it's arguably more difficult now to make it as a musician than it was then. Although that's entirely debatable. Because record industries these days, the record industry these days, wants one specific thing. They are so much a pigeonhole. But at the same time, it is actually, you can say, easier today because there's so many platforms in which to be, uh, quote, I hate the word discovered, but to be recognized, I would say. You've got YouTube, you've got all these other places and you've got these apps and you've got all these tools in the 21st century that can be used to put you on the map. And Bill Withers didn't have any of that back then. And he, of course, experienced racism. He experienced that in the Navy and experienced that in the music business too. But he just took off his career before all of that and, and during that really took off in 1971. Bill Withers was... Uh, Someone who, I'm going to tell you, I will certainly miss.
tell you that that's one of my favorites they are numerous bill withers tunes that i have loved for years that's one of them just the two of us which came along later back in 1980 there's another one that i really admire as well as probably my favorite along with of course lovely day which came i guess around 1977 when i heard that Bill Withers passed, I found out from a friend. I got a text message from a friend of mine and she sent that to me. And it was early in the morning here on the West Coast and I couldn't believe it. I was just absolutely blown away. Um, Bill Withers was somebody that I um, really admired and, and loved and respected a great deal. And I was rocked. Um, you know, Bill Withers was never really far away from my own sense of connection in terms of the kinds of songs he performed and wrote. Bill Withers is somebody who was very understated in some ways in his music and in his life. And he was modest, and I don't mean that in a in any kind of derogatory or denigrating way. Modest meaning that he didn't um, come across as extravagant because he wasn't extravagant. He was a mature person, a mature man who, and I don't mean that in a way to say older. I mean that he was very much together and he had grown up and he had, not been this wild-eyed young youngster. He was somebody who was aware of who he was, had a sense of self-possession, which he gained through the music that he did and the confidence that he got through the music that he continued to write and perform. And he had a very, as I said, a good core in him, a good, a high level of integrity. And so he did not allow the record industry to define him or pigeonhole him and yes he's remembered as a soul singer because he obviously was that but he was in addition to that he was a folk artist a blues artist a pop artist you know i i, I would not put him in one category we have a tendency to do that the record industry certainly does bill withers was somebody who 
I think, defied genres, actually. I, I, I would uh, say that a great deal. That he defied genres. But as I say, he was a lunch pail guy. He literally, his first album called As I Am, he is literally on the album cover with his lunch pail. <laughs> I mean, you can go and Google that or search it. Please go do an internet search on Bill Withers as I am and click on images and you should be able to see the images of him and you will see him literally standing there with a light blue, kind of sky blue, but light blue lunch pail. And that picture of him was literally taken while he was on his shift. I mean, this, I mean... He was still working, I think, as a plumber or a mechanic. Um, he scrubbed toilets. In between, cultivating what would become this incredibly, you know, this incredible career, this extraordinary career. And it shows you how down-to-earth Bill Withers was that he posed with his lunch pail. Uh, how how many artists would even do something like that now? If they had another career, would they allow a cover of them to be taken like that? And in fact, the record producers and the record companies probably wouldn't even allow that now. You know, I don't know. But Bill Withers was an ordinary person, meaning in his everyday, day-to-day he was not someone, as I said, who was extravagant at all. He was not that. And I remain fascinated by his sense of being down to earth in an industry like the record industry, which, my goodness me. You know, he was never about, you know, the record industry, goodness gracious. It's all about image now. And Bill Withers was never about image. In fact, he said in, in an interview years ago, look, I was never interested in having, you know, these fine-looking women around me on stage. You know, any of that, that was not what he was about. He said, I'm not about any of that. You know, he just wanted to let the music play and speak for itself and let the sound be pure. And that's what it was with Bill Withers. Very pure musician. And his songs did carry a lot of irony and a lot of understatement in them. As I said, he was an understated person and modest in, in of heart, not modest in any way. He didn't live extravagantly, as I said, again, but he was someone who kept things very simple and clear and knew what he was about. And I think it was probably, I would attribute it to his work ethic, his lunch pail mentality, working in the factory, working as a, as a plumber and being in the Navy as well probably helped him um, forge a sense of uh, rigorous uh, discipline and... Uh, a sense of order, not that he didn't have that in his life, but he was someone again who was an ordinary person, 
The fame and the spotlight was not what he was interested in. And when he had this album, Just As I Am, as I said, that front cover, that cover of him with a lunch pail, that's iconic. I mean, if you look at a lot of Bill Withers' album covers in that early 1970s period to the mid, I guess, mid to late 70s, that whole era of the 1970s, just look at his album covers. They absolutely speak volumes about who the man was. Before too long, he would be on The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, and would go on and on and on to greatness. I mean, he was he was great then. And he just continued on and did a lot of music in those 70s. He had Still Bill, uh, the second album, which I thought was a great album. And then, by the way, a documentary was made with the title of that very album. And it was released in 2009, a documentary on the life of Bill Withers and on-camera interviews with the man himself. That was just over 10 years ago now, 2009. I urge people to watch that documentary. I'm sure it is streaming somewhere or other. It's certainly available on DVD or Blu-ray, I believe, as well. This would be the time to watch Still Bill. This would be the time to certainly do that. Um, this would be the time to play his music. Any time is the time to play his music. I would really advise you to go and look for his discography. His discography is... Brief, but full. Put it that way. Brief, but as I said, full. And I really encourage you to to do that because Bill Withers was someone who I think um, will go down as one of the greats of all time. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame only in 2015. And you would have thought for a person, for a guy who walked away from the industry in 1985 or thereabouts, that was his last album. After his relationship with Columbia Records, who, as far as I'm concerned, had a bunch of racists in it. It's the kinds of things that they were telling Bill Withers. I mean, and he quit Columbia before he went on, I think, to another record label. But there were some racists, as they were all over the place and still are, in the record industry. And one of them was at Columbia saying some of the most racist things to Bill Withers. So, you know, Bill Withers will go down as one of the, not just icons, but one of the great musicians and songwriters of all time. And I think that he is certainly one who should be mentioned more often that, than he is. And I wonder if he, obviously there's the racism element of this. In addition to that, I wonder whether or not had Bill Withers decided to stay in the industry, 
beyond the mid-1980s that he would have got more attention from the corporates, if you will, and the corporate news media. I don't know. I don't know. But Bill Withers knew when to say when. That was the other thing about Bill Withers. His integrity and his sense of himself. He didn't, I think he said this in another interview, he didn't want to sound like how old people sound. (laughs) Either he or his wife said that. You know, he didn't want to sound that way. And he knew that he didn't want to sound like that. And he walked away in the 1980s. And since then, people have been pleading, myself included. Please, where are you? Come on, we need you back here. Come on. But I think, again, Bill was very true to himself. And he knew when to say when. Unlike some heavyweight prize fighters. (laughs) Heavyweight boxers who don't know when their time is up. But Bill Withers knew when his time musically was up and he ended up spending the rest of his time living it out with his family in California and, of course, making this documentary that he did uh, back in 2009 called Still Bill. He had a tremendous sense of humor Bill Withers, and it, it showed in interviews and uh, in, in conversations with him in general. He talked about just the two of us being a kiss my ass song <laughs> to Columbia Records. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. You know, um, Bill Withers is someone who um, went out on his own terms and he got married to a woman who um, was all about business, was an MBA, and was someone who um, made sure that, again, he had royalties coming to him. Half of every dollar, by the way, of his catalog goes straight to him. And, you know, he wrote almost all his material, singularly, So his wife, Marsha, somebody who really keeps Bill Withers' career on the straight and narrow and in in terms of the royalties and everything else and how his song is utilized and the copyright permissions and things of that nature. And that was, I think, that's indispensable because when you have management these days, you have no control over it. The plus side is they can promote you, but the Downside is how are they promoting you and what ultimately happens to your catalogs? Bill Withers kept his and still has his and his wife, of course, um, has those. Bill Withers, what a sensational figure uh, and a, a figure who was an everyman. That's who Bill Withers was. One of the greats of all time, one of the greatest of all time. He is a an influence to so many. I think of Jose James, who idolizes Bill Withers. Jose James did a cover set in concert here in San Francisco last summer. And I was privileged enough 
to be there in the front row. Right front and center, actually. And I got to witness and experience a tremendous cover performance by Jose James. And he talked about Bill Withers and he talked about how um, he was singing Bill Withers songs and Bill Withers gave him his blessing and, you know, he got to talk to him and he was obviously nervous and covering certain songs and songs he didn't cover. And that night last year, it was June of last year, 2019, he performed these excellent covers of Bill's songs. And Bill would be proud of him now, and he was proud of him last year. So, Jose James, I know, is certainly hurting, as are we all at the departure of Bill Withers. And I just want to say, Bill, thank you so very much for everything that you brought us, everything that you have done, everything that you have done to illuminate our lives with your great music and your songs and your skill and who you are as a person. Because integrity is important and you definitely had that and you radiated it with a very short but detailed career. And then you were able to go back to your roots, family, and your down-to-earthness, which is what epitomized you and your songs. You'd speak about these everyday pains and everyday joys and discoveries. Bill Withers, you were life and you were love. And I just want to say, on a personal note, thank you so very much for it all. I am Omar Moore. You've been listening, and thank you for doing so, to The Politocrat. Who is he and what is he?